Welcome to the Inner Power Podcast with your host, Andy Rivera. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I am so pumped for this episode because we have Elogio Medina. He is the owner and founder of HQ Media. He is a musician, and he's also the founder of Awakened Tribe, which is a community for spiritual awakening. So super excited to have you on here. Thank you so much for saying yes. And yeah, welcome, welcome to the Inner Power Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. <laughs> yes, Elohio. All right. So what have you been up to lately? Because I've been following you on social, which by the way, you guys definitely get connected with him. All his info is, of course, in the show notes of the podcast. And you've been really involved with so many different projects which is what I love about you, that you're like really multi-talented, but you don't limit yourself to, oh, I just have to do this one thing. You know, mm -hmm. like, you're like, I'm going to be fucking awesome at everything. <laughs> wow, so what have you been up to? Yeah. Yeah, so we, with, within the past six months, I would say, you know, a good way to do this is actually like COVID in general, right? So it's been like a year that we've been in this like COVID-19, like quarantine scare and things like that, right? Yeah. So from the beginning of when COVID started, I basically like, if it comes to an artist point, like basically like almost finished an album, right? Mm. Which is an, an, an NFT album on top of that, which hopefully if people are into it, they really understand what I'm talking about. If people don't know what an NFT is, a mm -hmm. non-fungible token, basically. Exactly. Where it's, a, it's a very limited supply of some type of artwork or any of these things that you can be able to sell because eventually, since it's a limited supply, in the hopes of your brand continuing to grow and these different yeah. things that it becomes more valuable. And for me, the reason I'm creating is actually because I've, I've been making music since I was five years old, like roughly, right? Yeah. So I, my, I wrote my first verse when I was five and I've had the opportunity to go into music studios since I was like seven like years old. The drug dealers on the block, they used to tell me, <laughs> like, come to the studio with us. We're going we're gonna to record you. are going to make you famous. But I was conscious enough as a, like a seven, eight-year-old to be, to know that that was not the route that I wanted to take it. Like I knew it was mm. a gift. You know, I knew that like music was really a gift for me. And so I really held back my music for a long period of time to be able to build, for instance, like build HQ Media, right? To be able to have yeah. my own production company, to be able to really tell my story and be able to document and be able to create videos and different forms of content that can really move people, that can really yeah. take them to a higher direction, you know, for them to be really be able to awaken themselves in a different form. So I always knew I wanted to have these different foundational pieces, you know? And so I created, or oh, I'm creating, I'm finalizing this NFT with the music album because I really want to reward like the people that are my first like fans and people that have been waiting since I was like performing in college, performing in high school yeah. and stuff like that. Like a lot of people have been waiting for me to put out music because they really enjoy what I'm doing. So I wanted to create this NFT for them so that in 10 years, there's a, there's a very dope caveat in it that like that in 10 years is going to be very valuable. And I really, and I hope yeah. that since they were my first supporters, they can be able to now have something that is worth value. I'd be able to say I was, I was just one of his first fans, you know? Yeah. So that's the, that was the music side, but I, we built a TV show where we basically had it on all the different di like digital streaming platforms from anywhere from Apple TV, um, Amazon, Fire Stick. You're um, on Roku, Roku too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Roku. Mm -hmm. Then we put it on YouTube too for free so that people could be able to watch it. And that was a war one. Like it was, a, that was already a challenge in its own to be able to create our first TV show. Yeah. Um, and then we're, now we're actually preparing to shoot our next TV show. The first show was Disrupt the Network, all about being able to really showcase and, and give people really authentic entrepreneurs that are really disruptive in their industry. You know, because like when you sit down today, you go to YouTube, everybody has the Lamborghini in the back. Yeah. Everybody has the G-Wagon, yeah. all these different things. They're telling you this is how you can make a million dollars. And, you know, some of it is cool. 98% of it is not real. You know, 98% of it is, is people just trying to- Fabricated. Vanity, you know, to be able to, to have their ego lifted and stuff. And so what we wanted to do was be able to destroy that idea of people going to YouTube and trying to find these people for inspiration. But instead, we really created some real deal. We had some real disruptors come on board that could teach us the ropes of how they disrupted their business and their field. So we had anywhere from record label owners to people that have sold- what over four billion in commercial real estate like mm. things that you know like real valuable stuff so that was the first show and the second show is to be able to show how to invest in real estate all across the country so we we've been doing a lot of stuff and it's uh it's been a not a lot of sleep but a lot of good work though a 
a lot of good work. So I'm excited. Yeah. So, okay. So what I love about you is that you're obviously super ambition, um, ambitious. Uh, you're really action oriented because not only do you have all these creative ideas, but you're, you actually, you take action and you make something out of it. So you bring it into the physical plane and really manifest that into your reality and into the life of others. But what I really, really love about you is that you're a super conscious human being. You are so conscious when it comes to the spiritual side of things. And when it comes to the way that you carry yourself, the way that you perceive the world, the way that you perceive others. And it really shows like when you walk into a room and we were having this conversation one time, um, it's almost, uh, you definitely make an impact. You know, you definitely make a positive impact and I feel it energetically. Uh, so when was the first time that you feel like you started awakening to that side of you? Mm -hmm. So my, I'll give you a little bit of background on me. So I was, I was always like a big basketball player, like growing yeah. up. And so I won the New York City championship before going hey. to college. Like, <laughs> I was, I was stunning. I, and, and what it brought to me for a long period of time was a lot of ego, you know, a lot of being mm. able to not uncontrollable ego where now my concept and theory is really being able to control and harness your, your ego to be able to utilize it in different fashions and different time periods. Yeah. So like, if I'm going to go play ball, like I'm going to go and play ball and that's where I let my ego out. But when I'm having basic conversations with people, I don't really need to have it, you yeah. know? And so, but the thing is that at that, at that time, I didn't really understand that. So I was like this real jockey, like cocky kid, like doing my thing. Right. And I was always open-minded, but I had this really bad thing happen to me with an ex-girlfriend when I was in high school, mm. where, believe it or not, I almost died. It's oh, my the God. Story ever. We'll probably have to wait a different podcast episode. Really? I kind of want to know. <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a real, I wrote a script about it. That's how serious it is. Oh, wow. I wrote a script. To, it could be a movie. How okay. There was imposters. There were like all this crazy Damn. stuff. Okay? <laughs> so, so basically that, right, if we're going to get deep now, right? Yeah. That led me to not being able to, for instance, like trust women, right? Or like have an mm. idea about um, how women are. I had a, like, I had this little stigma in my head that like all women were going to be this way. And so yeah. my senior year in high school, I remember having like so many different relationships with girls and never it lasting more than a month because for some reason, something will make me go, I don't want to have this anymore. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. There was one little thing I'm gone and I kept yeah. doing that. And so Little do I know that like there's something that's causing me to do this, you know? And so when I was in college, my freshman year, some guy, he, he ended up being like a small little guru type of guy for me. He told me, come downstairs to meditate. And at first, you know, I'm like this jockey kid and I'm like, nah, this ain't, this ain't for me. Like, I, this is like for gurus that want to be going home in the middle of the mountains. Like, this is not, this is not Elohi right here. And so, but I was open-minded, you know, I was like, I took a couple of yoga classes in high school and I thought that it was cool. So I decided to go down there and do some meditation. The first day didn't work. I'm like, hmm, I feel more relaxed. I'm cool. Second day, same thing. Doesn't really, everybody's talking. About, like, I have people that are in a trance. Like some people are in there stuck in this other world. They come out and like say these very prolific and philosophical like responses to these questions. And I'm just sitting there like, you had, you had all of that happen to you? I'm over here just like trying to keep my mind straight. So it doesn't happen the third time. I mean, the second time. Now we get to the third time. I continue to do it because I see that other people having an experience that I'm just not reaching yet. And so comes the third time and I sit there and I'm meditating. And again, like 20 minutes pass by and I still find myself just sitting there with my eyes closed and like my thoughts just keep coming in and out. So I go, you know what, let me do, let me just lay down. I'd rather just fall asleep than just sit up here. And like, cause this is an hour meditation too. It's not like- Oh, so, so you went in hardcore the first time. Like it was just like, yeah. it wasn't like a little three minute meditation here. You're yeah, like, no, it was a in. real thing. So you're either gonna <laughs> sit there just awkwardly for another 40 minutes or you gotta take a nap. So I'm <laughs> exactly. like, I'm gonna go take a nap. So I literally just go and I lay down and, but I lay down and like, there's still meditation positions that you can do as you lay down so that you don't necessarily like go to sleep. And so I just did it just in case. And immediately when I closed my eyes, I was like zoomed. I, it's, it's uh, you know, like the closest thing I can, I can like uh, compare it to is like when somebody says that they've been in a vortex, right? Like, like a guy that he was like driving from, 
he was flying from somewhere in the Caribbean. He made it to Miami in half an hour because he like went into this vortex. Everything was like spinning. That's the closest thing as an illustration as I seen to what I experienced, where it really felt like it was a, a wormhole and I was like being zoomed into it. And it brought me to this like prehistoric time or what I believed it was like all these big trees all around me. And I'm a nature guy. So this already really intrigued me. And I was looking around and I'm like, yo, where am I? And I'm seeing different animals and like big animals and stuff. And then immediately it zooms me into this white void. And I'm here like looking around. I'm very confused because I don't see my body. I only, I'm consciously there, but I don't see my body. And I'm looking around, but everything is everything. Like everything is a white void. There's nothing that I can, but I can see myself moving around, but I'm not really, I'm not there. I'm everything around me. So when I'm I'm looking at this, I'm I, I'm in this in this. I cannot believe what's happening. And slowly but surely, I start to see like like these things like come out of the wall. Like it's almost like people are forming out of these white walls. And I, it, it it like pops me out, and I literally like I go and I open my eyes, and I'm like, whoa! Ah, I love that. <laughs> I go, this is the thing about me. See, you you know me very well. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm like, I love learning and I love being able to open new parts of my mind and open new parts of anything that I can do in order to continue to grow. And when I saw that I can do that, the first thing I did was I can do this with my mind. Like I can, I can transport myself. And later on, I started learning about how Nikola Tesla used to build his inventions that he used to build it in his mind and leave it there for weeks. And if they work in his brain after two weeks and they continue to work, when think about that, like he created a headspace that was operating while he was consciously in this world. So when I learned about that, I go, like I can, I can do that. Like I can be able to create something in my brain and come back a week later to see if it's still working. Like I was like, we can really hack the human mind in this form. So I got super into it after that. And the next meditation, right, bringing it back to the story about me not being able to like, trust women, right? I go back now after I have this energy, like, yo, this is dope. Like I can, I can do all these different things in my brain. I sit there and the meditation is about like finding these little things that we have stuck inside of our subconscious. And I sit there and I'm meditating. And then eventually like it hits me that I'm now I'm going into it for real. And I see this white, I see this uh, humongous safe, like the size of a New York city, like five story building. Right. Yeah. Like, and then I look at it and I'm like, what the hell is this? For some reason, I know the code and I open it. Then it's a, another another safe, then another safe, then a smaller safe and a smaller box and a box. And it gets all the way to this small little box here, right? And I open the box and it is the promise ring that that ex-girlfriend gave to me while I was in high school. And at the moment, everything comes together for me where it goes, the reason why you were not able to have these relationships with people or being able to trust women or keep a relationship for more than a, a month is because this was the moment where your whole perspective on all these different things changed and you never mm. healed from it. So this element is still stuck in your subconscious. And at that moment, I had to like breathe through it and actually accept what happened and move on. I swear to God to you, a month later, I got in a relationship with my ex-girlfriend that we stayed together for five years. Think oh, about wow. It. It's, it's like, this is, this is when I realized, when that happened to me, that's when I realized how important, like, truly awakening is. Because when I started to have even my awakening, the more I meditated, the more I started meeting real healers and real people that could do stuff, I realized how much I wanted to do that for others. So the same way that I was having my own personal journey, I started to do it for other people, guiding people in their own meditations and guiding them all the way to the point where I walked across to Spain on my own pilgrimage, basically, to be able to kill my ego and really have, and I, what I can, you know, when people talk about enlightenment, that I had that moment, you know, I had those moments when I was walking for 30 days, completely 15 to 25 miles a day, where I had that, that moment that we read about in these books, where you reach this higher level of consciousness that you now understand the world from such a different perspective. So it's taken a whole journey. I know it's a long answer for the story, but that's where, that's really how it, it went for me and how I propelled to the level that I'm at now. Thank you so much for sharing that, especially, you know, as a woman, part of my awakening also had to do with an ex-partner. That very 
I don't even want to say uncomfortable situation. It was like a traumatic situation just kind of propelled me into a new way of being and just a, a reality. Initially, I was just in a reality that I was not happy with and I have I was having a lot of trouble with. And when I started awakening, um, I was able to just really let a lot of those things go. And obviously everyone's awakening is very different, but I do empathize with you. And as a woman, it's really refreshing to hear you say those words because that's really vulnerable for a man. Like a lot of guys, like going back to the ego are really scared to even talk about this kind of situation. And you just completely owned up to the fact that, Hey, you know, this subconscious wound was keeping me from having a really fulfilling, healthy relationship with another person. And you were able to, you were able to get to the bottom of that. And when you, when you say that you were propelled into this vortex, this white vortex, do you feel like that was the quantum field? Do you feel like you reached essentially like the 5D or do you feel like it was something else? You know, me, I, I basically get into, I'm really into physics, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm very into the idea of multi-dimensions or theory of relativity, all these different concepts that can be able to exist. And so I think, that's a very good question because I've actually never thought about it myself if, if I walked into what can be 5D. Um, but what I think, right, it's, I'm trying to look for the word that it's, a, there's a specific word that categorizes what, what I experienced where it's like, you get yourself to the highest form in meditation where you know, it's, 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 you can't kill your ego, but for a temporary amount of time, you can, like when, for instance, when people talk about DMT, the reason why DMT really works is because you are no longer in this body. You have consciously, right, have escaped it and you are now experienced, when you kill your ego in a sense, right, for the time being, you no longer experience this. Like you're not consciously here anymore. Now your soul is able to expand and travel beyond. And so when like monks, for instance, stay up in the mountains, they lose consciousness of their body at this point where they're now in this place in this other world where they're letting their soul expand and get to that place. So what I think that I had was an, a glimpse of what it means to be able to just let your soul be free aside from the human body, you know, where like, have you, you know, astral projection, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Right. So like I'm able to astral project, right? So for explain instance, that, like, I just want you to, cause I know about like a lot of these concepts, but I really want the people listening to kind of understand what astral projection is. Yeah. So basically imagine actual, like you, so we have a, let me, let me tell you a cool little beautiful story about the body and the soul. Right. So, you know, when you're about to go to sleep, for some reason you have like this urge to scratch or you have this urge to cross your feet, to be able to roll over a little bit, you know, all these different urges that we get is actually a very beautiful symbiotic relationship between our body and our soul, where it's basically, they're both preparing to go to sleep together. So mm, if like they that. don't go to sleep together, right? Mm -hmm. This is when you can go and, and experience um, astral projection where remember your soul is separate from your body. You know, so your soul is separate from what is operating here. And so your body going to sleep doesn't necessarily mean that your soul is now prepared to go to sleep or travel to the next realm comfortably without you being conscious of it going there. So when you astral project, it's really the process of being able to separate your soul from your body and now travel the world freely. Listen, mm. I have not traveled the world freely. I've read books on people doing it and I've read and I've listened to people that do it. I've only got as far as the ceiling. Because mm -hmm. it is, it is genuinely, I would say the scariest thing that I've ever experienced as a human, because not that, not that it's like a scary thing that's happening. Like there's no, like some people talk about, they see like negative things and stuff, but it's really because it's the first time you ever separate yourself from your body and you see your body. So like you, you're consciously looking at your body and it, it is the scariest, but the most grateful moment you can have where you look down at your body and you go, I love I love my life. I love my body so much. Why would I ever risk leaving it? Even though there's like this little thing that's like connecting you to your body and you can see the cord very clearly too, right? So you know nothing could get in and take over. Like nobody's soul is about to, no spirit about to go and take over your, your body. But even the thought <laughs> of it, it messes you up. You literally, I have gone yeah. to the ceiling and I look down and I've, this happened multiple times and I've had to jump back in 
to my body because it, it's, it's made me, I've been way too nervous. But yeah. I'll tell you one, one quick story. So I was, me and my ex at the time, we were drinking, I think it was like, it was a different, it was a certain flower wine that really helps with your meditation state and your dream states and these things, along with meditating heavy, we did yoga, we did Reiki, we did a lot of stuff. Okay, and you guys were definitely in the vibe for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely in the vibe. And then on top of that, I was really grounded. Like when I, mm-hmm. I know that I'm grounded when I meditate and I put my hands on the ground and I really feel the attachment between Mother yeah. Earth and me, right? So I'm in this meditation. And then eventually I'm like, oh, I'm astral project, but I don't tell, I don't tell my ex at the time, right? I don't tell her anything. I just like, I'm gonna go into it so she can go to sleep and I can go to sleep calmly. And so remember your body is trying to, this is the process of astral projection. Your body is always trying to go symbiotically asleep with your soul. So you start scratching and you do this. So in order to avoid all of that, you just keep your hands face up and your legs straight. And the minute, and I'm telling you, you get these urges and they're so strong. If you guys try this, that you're going to be like, you know, I really got to scratch myself. Like I really, you're going to feel so itchy or you're going to let your legs are going to want to cross. Yeah. You have to force yourself not to do it. And eventually you feel this weight and it completely feels like something has just been put on you completely. Some people think it's like possessed because you, you no longer can move, you know, where it's just a big weight on your body and you yeah. can no longer move. And so it feels like your eyes are open, but your eyes are not. Your soul, your third eye, whatever you want to call it, is open because nobody next to you can be able to see your eyes open, right? I've, I've also tested these things out. And mm-hmm. this moment is very important because this is the one that verifies that this is real. So she, I'm, I'm, I get into it and I start to levitate above my body, right? And I'm separating myself and I'm actually in it. Like I'm, I prepared myself for it this time that I'm, I'm, not nervous for it, no anxiety about it, no stress. And I start separating from my body. And as I'm lifting out of nowhere, I come right back in and I have, and, and like I feel a hand on my chest and I look over and it's my ex, she's grabbing my chest. She's like, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She's like, you were laying down, but I like, I saw you like a, like a, like a version of you, like hovering above you. Like it was an apparition of you. And I looked at her. No, she sighed. I, I swear, I'm telling you, like, me and her still have a good relationship. So like, I can have her record it and she gets t- like a voice note. She says this whole story for you. So, I believe you. I'm it. Like, I fully believe you. I looked at her and I was, I was amazed. Cause I was like, cause you know, like you read about it, you do the, and you can believe something yourself, mm-hmm. but like in order to have somebody else now experience it in this world, I, I was, I was, I, my mouth was open looking at her like, you really saw that like and she was so shook but then we eventually went I told her what I was doing and she like understood everything yeah but that alone shows you right that for me right because this is my own experience in my own life that your body is very it's separate from your soul verified in my life is there's no nobody that can convince me otherwise right and that element of understanding that your soul is separate from your body this is where your highest level of meditation comes from where you are going to separate from your body when you reach the highest states of meditation and consciousness because your soul is not going to be able to roam free it's not encapsulated in this in this existence your your mind can take you so many places that's why people can be able to envision things that they haven't seen before because the mind can and the soul can be able to go and travel to places we have zero clue right now unless we take that step Man, that's, those are some crazy stories. I love hearing these stories because I've had my own experiences, not to that degree, but I've definitely had my fair share of experiences. And it's, it's just one of those things that when you guys feel it, you will understand what we're trying to verbalize because it's something that even though you did such a great like job of putting it into words, it's really hard to describe unless you actually have that feeling. And Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he actually talks about this a lot. And that white area that you were talking about previously a a few stories back, supposedly Dr. Joe Dispenza describes it as the quantum field. And Mm. in this quantum field, you can only enter as consciousness. So it really does line up with what you're saying. And in order to do that, you do have to let go of the ego, even for that moment in time and enter as no body, no body. It's the only way that you can experience this quantum field. And in this field, there are literally infinite possibilities. 
whatever happens in this field can directly manipulate your physical, your physical existence and your physical reality. So that is why doing this inner work and meditating, um, by the way, when you meditate, you don't always go into the state, you know, there are specific types of meditations and also different intensities as well. You can use meditation for a lot of stuff, but when you do this type of meditation and you really do have that experience, the, the portal to your subconscious mind is wide open. So you can really go in there and see the things that have been creating physical blocks in your physical life and allow you to change them. It really does allow you to change them and experience life in a new lens. So super interesting combo. You mentioned that a big part of your experience uh, right on your path to enlightenment was the Camino de Santiago. (laughs) Camino de Santiago. So Camino de Santiago is... basically a trail that there is predominantly in Spain and some parts of Europe, but mostly in Spain. And it's essentially the trail that Santiago, better known as as James, the disciple, one of the 12 disciples, took after Jesus died um, in order to spread the word of Jesus as accurately as possible in that time, right? So essentially, it's a very sacred and holy trail to walk on. And it's really extensive, too. It's pretty hardcore in that and sense. And thousands have walked yeah. on it, too. Let and thousands what? Really I said, yeah, and no, thousands no. Have, walked, have walked the path, which makes it, like, even crazier when you're walking in it. Because you get to really experience that. That you're like, yeah. man, thousands of people have come across here. So you're sitting there meditating next to a tree. The tree has heard it all. <laughs> for real. Heard and seen it all, too. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So... Something really interesting, the first time that you told me about your experience in Camino de Santiago is that a lot of the modern day history and even religious beliefs that we are taught growing up, you realize that they have been severely altered, which is something that most of us have come to that conclusion, especially me growing up in a super Christian household, like my grandfather's a pastor. All right. So, so I noticed that there were some elements that just didn't align with my soul. And I couldn't really understand why I really felt that some of the things that were being said to me had been kind of manipulated to the convenience of whoever came before me. Right. And I'm not saying that from my parents' point of view, I'm saying that from the point of view of the government or the religious leaders that existed hundreds and even thousands of years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And you said that in El Camino, uh, one of the biggest realizations that you saw that you came to is that the the sculptures of Jesus, he wasn't white. None of them were white, essentially, or maybe just like a handful of them. But tell me about that. Tell me, tell I'm me about so that glad. and like what that meant to you because you're Dominican, right? I'm Boricua, and usually our cultures are predominantly either Catholic or Christian, right? So we do yeah. have, even if we're not super religious, like we do have like this general understanding of what Jesus is supposed to be and what he's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. So what, what did you learn from this, from this experience? I'm so glad you remember me telling you that because like, (laughs) (laughs) good. You're such a great, you're a great listener. That's what that means. I'm going to tell my mom you said that. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's exactly it. Um, So I, I spent like, I would say like a solid, like two years really like learning about religion, especially after my awakening, like, because it's like, you know, when you, when you think about an awakening, you really start to understand spirituality, right? And then you compare spirituality to really like different religions around the planet. And so it forces you also to learn about different religions on the planet to see who really got it right. You know, whether it's in the Quran, whether it's in the Bible, the Torah, any of these different books, and even the books that have been taken away from us, like basically that we don't know about the book of the dead in Egypt, right? Or the book of Enoch, the first book, like written in the first person, like books that are actually sacred, like, Mm -hmm. especially something like Christianity, where, you know, I don't really care about people's religion and what they believe in and stuff, and they could do as they please. I just really, I, I just hope that they could do it consciously and always do their research before they follow something. Because something as simple as like Christianity, the book of Genesis, everybody knows it, the book of Genesis, that story was taken out of an Egyptian tomb. You know, like these things, a lot of people have no clue about, but a dude like me that has gone to Egypt 
meditated within the pyramid of Giza, right? And, and done all these different reaches and seen the hieroglyphics with my own eyes on top of doing all the research and on top of listening to the wise people and all the ancestors of people that already understood these concepts because of the stories are passed down. Like I, I've taken it to the next level when it comes to really understanding these religions and taking it to seeing it myself. And so when I'm walking across to Spain and even before that, I spent a long time in Spain. Um, the Southern part of Spain is actually where the oldest churches are, right? Or cause it's closer to where Jesus walked, right? If he, if he mm -hmm. did walk. Yeah. And you go and you go down there. I remember I go to Cadiz, right? Cadiz is like, it's right on the water down all the way down south. And you can basically almost, you could, you could take a boat to Africa at this point, right? And so we go to some of the, the oldest different churches there. And as I'm walking past smaller church, right? It's not, a, not that big. It's the oldest church in, in the town. And I go and I'm walking past it and I see this like black figure in the front of it, like a, like almost like a black saint in the front of it, of uh, the church and the church is closed. Of course it will be now, right? So I'm over here and I'm looking at this and I go, and, and I was with a tour guide when I was doing this. And I go, is that what I think it is? And he looks at me and he's like, he's like, I know contrary to the popular opinion, he's saying this in Spanish, but contrary to the popular opinion, this is, he's like, this is what we believe and what we know was the closest that Jesus would have resembled. It has, he's like, all the stuff that, that you guys know about that all came in with the Crusades and all these different time periods where they were really trying to take away. Remember, people forget like what the Crusades were, right? When you're looking into somewhere in Spain where you're talking about literally a religious battle between Christians and, 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 the, the, and the Muslims, right? But when you look at it, it's a battle of races because white folks were the ones that were Christian and then black folks were the ones that were Muslim. So it was this internal battle continuous to, like, to happen. So the moment that they were able to take away this, this color from this Jesus figure, all these different figures that were, they were taking away the power. And that goes all the way down to when slavery comes all the way to America. You steal someone's God and you take away their ability to believe in something, right? And they, they can't see themselves in a godly form. Then you take away their ability to ever grow, to ever become conscious of it, you know, like, and religion and all these different things. Like it, it all comes into play with, we're not living in slavery in America now. There's people enslaved in different parts of the world right now, but if we were to sit down and really think about something like slavery, right, where they completely took away your culture, your ability to speak, your language, the way you dressed, but the most importantly, they took away your God, you know, and, and then they erased all of your history. Like my song that I just dropped last week, like I say, it's like that, that we were kings and queens of powerful nations, right? That, think about that. Definitely. You, you forget all of that. And so most most people don't know that, I mean, aren't even aware that there were black kings in Africa before they were slaves. And this whole power play just essentially erased all of that to the point where a lot of African Americans aren't even aware of this. Mm -hmm. And it really sucks. It really sucks because we feel that ancestral trauma of oppression still to this day, even though we don't have slavery. In many ways, we do still feel enslaved and we feel the trauma that came from that. And not just obviously what we see in modern day society, which still really sucks and it's still very prevalent and obvious, but even, you know, I don't know if you ever, you've ever felt this yourself, but uh, in my healing journey, once I actually started opening up and, you know, getting really serious about my, my healing, I realized that I was suffering trauma that didn't necessarily belong to me, that, that came from my ancestors, my ancestors that were brought as slaves to Puerto Rico, and then the Tainos that were enslaved and slaughtered. There was a genocide in Puerto Rico. The Tainos are no longer there. They only live through our bloodline. And now Puerto Rico is a modern-day colony of the United States. So I have a long, we all have a long history of oppression that is still felt because trauma is passed genetically. You can store it in your DNA. You can store it in your physical body. So if you feel certain pain that you sometimes don't understand. I invite you guys to kind of lean into that and ask yourself, maybe this pain is came before me, you know? A hundred percent. And 
and that's the that's the thing about awakening but the real way you know not the stuff that i really don't like the media i and i really Me don't either. like the woke culture like it's this is the woke culture like versus what i'm speaking about right now very different you know where the woke culture is really you know like i always tell people like like movements die when bigger groups of people and corporations have the power to start dictating stuff and manipulating yeah. and starting to group ideas that everybody that's part of this movement is supposed to agree with these all these different concepts so what they talk about in in on the in the woke movement is now what we're talking about here because when you really become for instance right we swear like for instance with the Black Lives Matter movement that just happened, right? Of course, the concept is the greatest thing ever that we finally put into awareness, like what happens with um, police brutality and, and real police harassment. Like me, my first time that I had the, my experience, I was 13 years old when I was first time like stopped by a cop, right, or something. So the issue is 100% real, right? And all the things that were happening and, and the protests and everything were all right. All of these different things were correct. But where did we start to see, in my eyes, the control aspect and who's really like moving and like controlling these groups. Because if we really cared about it, right? If we really thought and if these governments and these different corporations and stuff, if they really believed in what they were preaching about and what they were saying, then why weren't we taught some real African history? You know, why aren't really why aren't we taught about Egypt? You know, why aren't we taught about the real kingdoms that we held? Why aren't we talk about Mansa Musa? Why aren't we taught about like the people that really actually like impact and can empower people of color all around the planet. You know, why, why haven't we had this conversation about Dr. Sebi being able to cure HIV AIDS from people? Why haven't we had the conversation with real powerful black men, Malcolm X, all these people that have really done things that can empower us to become greater. And true awakening is you becoming very conscious of your own reality and being able to have the pursuit of understanding, you know, like you wanna understand the world better and understand how you wanna live happier and reach that eternal happiness. But it's not what you see everywhere now, you know, and it's mm, uh, mm -hmm. it's very important. And history will teach you that if you yeah. connect physics and history and spirituality, you really are you're, you're creating a concoction, you know, of like really being able to expand your mind. But the meditation is important because when you learn about the stuff that I've learned about throughout this time, you know, like it, it will make you look at the world very differently. Like if you're a pessimist, you will really think that this world is going nowhere, you know, or it is nowhere. And it's just leading us to our eternal death, you know, but being an optimist is realizing how you can use your power and the system that's already been created to be able to empower other people and create your own thing, you know, like America's for sale, buy your own land, make your own tribe. That's how I see it. <laughs> and you know, what's crazy. Um, the more I've continued on my path to specifically to a spiritual awakening. It, it's been, it's been really difficult for me to be honest. It's been a whole identity crisis to be able to kind it of always, like, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not always like pretty really. Um, the essence of it is really beautiful and very much worth it. But sometimes the inner work that we have to do, it's, it's a lot, you know, you have to do some inner child healing. A lot of people do shadow work or whatever you guys want to call it, whatever is, is for you in your own process. A lot of times it's not that pretty. And for me, I had big identity issues um, with a lot of things that I don't really want to mention, but specifically towards religion. Uh, like I said, I grew up in a really, really, really religious family. And that is that is who I was, you know, and that is still very much a part of who I am. And ever since I allowed myself to break certain barriers and to freely explore my own spirituality, I actually became even tighter with Jesus. You know what I like, I believed in like, I, I don't even like I saw Jesus in a new light. And I feel like I'm closer to him than ever. Mm -hmm. Is that like ironic or what you know, like, because I feel the essence of his understanding as an extremely enlightened teacher who literally came to this world to help people reach that own enlightenment in their own lives and experience, experience that own enlightenment in their own lives. And when he said things like, be the light, you are the light. I understand what he meant by it now. You know, it's not this twisted, um, constructed 
false idea that I used to have in my head. And by the way, when I say false idea, I say like just things that don't resonate with me, because if you guys have that belief, just please understand that I honor it and I love you guys. And it's beautiful. Just you have to find things. Yeah, exactly. It's your experience. It's your experience. And in my experience, the more I've allowed myself to be authentic and true to my own self, the better I've, I've become in that sense, not just to the people around me, but also the more aligned I've become with God. <laughs> you become tighter with God if you're just true to yourself and if you're true to your, your calling and your purpose. So when it comes to the business side of things, uh, what was it like being a Latino, a young Latino man starting a business, a successful business at this point, in a city like New York? I think it, was, it genuinely was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, you know, because mm-hmm. I graduated college and I didn't, I didn't go work for anybody. You know, like mm. I, I graduated college and I went right into real estate school so I can learn how to be able to be a real estate agent. Um, did real estate for a while and then I really, and, I, and then I started to build Ace Comedian. And so, you know, it, it, was, it was very difficult. Like there's, you know, when you're building your own book of business, it's almost like nobody knows who you are. And then eventually everybody knows who you are, you know, but it takes a long time, you know, and you have to be able to really produce a really good product to be able to continue to spread and other people wanting to have you to the point where you start rejecting people because you're working on a TV show. Right. So <laughs> it, it, love that. Yes. <laughs> there's no blueprint to how to build a business. You know, like you can go on YouTube as much as you want and like you can go to school for business. You can do all these different things, but when you're actually in the trenches and you're building this thing out, there's no class, there's no YouTube video, there's no nothing that really can be able to help you at some points. Yeah, you can find mentors. My business partner is the greatest mentor I've ever had in my life. Like he, he's like a mentor for everything that I have. Ralph? Um, yeah, Ralph. Ralph people now is the, yeah. is the goat, right? He's awesome. And the thing is that although like, yeah, you're getting guidance from them, at the end of the day, somebody could just, you know, somebody could be able to, teach you how to fish. You still got to go fish. You know, you still got to go and spend those hours out in the middle of the lake trying to get the type of fish that you want to try to bring back some food. And the thing about being an entrepreneur is that if you don't put the time in, if you don't put the effort in, you would not reach that type of success. And so I remember a lot, you know, I'm talking about moments that I didn't have any money in my pocket at all, all the way from that, all the way from spending 18 hour, 19 hour days, you know, just really being able to work on trying to build this out into where it's supposed to be. And a lot of people are not prepared to do that, you know? And then me being a Latino man that came out the hood, you know, like, you know, I got, the, the, at, at one point in my life, I used to think that it was like a thing that hindered me, you know, that like I was a man of com- like color coming out the hood. Other people started way ahead of me doing crazy things. You know, their parents already had money. They had went to the good schools. They did all these different things. At one point, I really thought that it was like, a crutch like it was like ah oh, man like I didn't I didn't have those opportunities yeah and then I was like there's nobody in the world like I wouldn't want to have that sheltered life growing up in my eyes I'm like what me not having that security and shelter is what made me a beast you know is what made me like as, as ambitious and as incredible as I wanted to be and I know there's no limit you know and I also know I already know how bad it could be you know like at one point like I didn't have a, a house to be in you know we were homeless for a bit in my time so I really know what the bottom of bottom feels like, you know, having to take milk and, and snacks from school and bring it to your house so you can have some food to eat. Like, I know what it feels like to get to that point. So there's only, you know, like I can, I have my, 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 right, my, what's the word, my endurance or my like capability to do something is, is so high because I already know what the lowest thing feels like and I won't ever return there. But if I had to, I know how to get out of this so I can be able to continue to persevere and prepare myself to other places. So I being a Latino <laughs> young entrepreneur off of college, being able to build this business, it really was, it, it, one, it was the, one of the biggest challenges I ever put for myself, but also I manifested exactly what I said I was going to do. You know, I manifested Amen. exactly what I said I wanted. You know, when I said I wanted, I have, I have journals yeah. from in college where I wrote that I wanted to have a production company so I could be able to make my own documentaries, so I could be able to make my own music videos. I was in Spain writing these things on my wall. I have a huge wall where I basically tape 50 loosely papers and I, and I put up, no, it was not 50. I think it was a, it was a, it was a even number. I forgot, but it was, 
I had like six, six rows. I think it's 48. I had like six rows or eight columns and six rows on the wall of loose leaf papers that I put horizontally. And on it, I basically like created this master plan for Awaken Tribe and how in 15, 20 years, it's, it's one of those companies that impacts hopefully billions of lives all the way from like meditation, like feeding the homeless to real estate and being able to give these different people opportunities. And one of them was creating a production company. I manifested that into my life. It took a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of different things. But when I look down, even my studio in my house, like I have a really dope home studio. Like I had a song that I wrote, that I wrote that I was gonna have a studio, a home studio. And I said that I have my own home studio to be able to show you guys how to appreciate your art. And I did it, you know, and it's like, and it's not it's not a bragging thing or anything, but it's more like when you really when you really put your mind to doing it, no matter where you came from, no matter if you're Dominican, no matter if you're Puerto Rican, if you Caucasian coming out the burbs, like none of it really matters. All it all it does is really having your vision align with your vision, align, let your soul align with that vision and then put the work in, you know, like a lot of people that are woke are broke. So just keep that in mind, hey. you know, like, <laughs> a lot of them. And so it's about. For me, what I try to teach people is how to live in duality, you know, and, and spiritual, in the world of spirituality, they, they say don't live in duality, right? Where, but they mean it in a different way. So let me just clarify what I mean. I mean, living in duality in the sense that you're very spiritual and you're connected to your soul, but you also want to understand how to operate within this society in order for you to utilize the resources that are in the society. For instance, like real estate you know like you could be very conscious and want to meditate on your front porch for the rest of your life i'm all, i'm 100 okay with you doing that learn about real estate and you can have some real estate properties paying off the mortgage at the crib that you're sitting and meditating in you know that's that's living duality using the resources that are in this society right that's constructed while also being able to live the spiritual life that you want to live and having that balance you know when you look at the hippie movement the reason why i stopped of course, there were wars and things that happened to really kill off the movement. But the biggest thing is that you couldn't convince most people in America to just go live in the woods. Most people understand society. Money's not going to go away. Technology's not going to go away. So it's about having that balance and knowing how to maneuver and live through both to be successful and do the impact that you want to do. You know, like it's a you can reach a higher level when you reach success within this framework of societies that, they, that they've created for you. But you have to stay tuned and stay and like stay true to your soul and stay true to your vision so you can always be able to manifest things for yourself and help other people manifest their dreams and make it easier for them so yeah. that's my that's my take on that yeah for sure i love that so it's really important to keep in mind that our souls came to this earth to fulfill out whatever purpose you have in life right but your soul is here having a physical experience and in this physical body it does have i don't want to call it limitation but there are definitely rules to the game you know we have biological rules um we have just a lot of um kind of frameworks within this physical realm your soul is infinite your soul is capable of everything your body does have to play by certain rules right and so do you so once you kind of take that into consideration it's a lot easier for you to align with that inner calling that comes from your soul aspect and bring it onto the physical plane mm -hmm. um which is something that took a long time for me to recognize i guess when i started meditating and stuff because you are taught that a lot of times like if you just meditate on it enough it inevitably becomes a manifestation and even though i am one of those people that fully does believe that you can actually mentally meditate stuff without necessarily having to do this really toxic, like just grind mode, right? Mm -hmm. Taking aligned action is pure gold for your life. So yeah. if you can find that alignment and take action that is in the flow, that is going with the current instead of against the current, that is when the true manifestations start to really pour in. So mm -hmm. it's finding that sweet spot. What are some tips for people that are having some trouble finding that sweet spot because you, for example, I met you at a business conference where you were one of the speakers and you, we were, you were talking about, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just 
it was a real estate conference, uh, but I think you were talking about branding and yep. social media and just like more of the production side of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but when I, when I approached you after you had your talk, I immediately realized just really how truly spiritual you are as a person and how conscious you are. And there was just this perfect balance of you not having to hide that spiritual side in order to still be successful to in front of a group of real estate people who are definitely not spiritual, like maybe yeah. a handful of people that were there, you know what I mean? But for yeah, the, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, most for part, sure. like, you know, they see our world as the hippie world of like potentially like the six, the sixties, but modern day. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is that sweet spot for you? Because I feel like you have actually been able to achieve that. And I'm still now like mustering up the courage to bring those two worlds together. For me, it was really scary uh, because I like to keep my professional things professional and my spiritual personal things like on this spectrum. And now I'm in that place of integration where, you know, they kind of become one in a way. So I think that the biggest thing is really identifying who you are, you know, mm -hmm. and like really understanding who you are, because like at one point it gets very, it gets very like tiresome to have to change who you are for different environments. You know, that when you're in the business world, like you're only strictly business and you don't yeah. want to talk about spirituality or when you're yeah. in the spiritual world, you don't want, because at the end of the day, you're doing a disservice to both sides. You know, like if you're in the business world, they're not talking about spirituality you can be, you're literally probably avoiding the fact that that person in front of you probably going through a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of things that are happening in their lives, relationship issues, all these different things. And you just giving them game, you know, about meditation can really be able to help them out in their own life. And it doesn't have to be anything like, for instance, like my business partner, Ralph, right? Like when I met him, he probably wouldn't have meditated a day in his life. He probably would have like, <laughs> always ate meat at like the highest like eating meat all the time and stuff like that and he says it naturally that like i've made him just naturally like cut off a lot of meat that he eats or like he like meditates some mornings and he does and it happens naturally and for a man like him like of course he's already he's a goat like he's already reached such a high level but like it shows that there's also another side that we can also be successful at and like successfully accomplish and, and conquer your soul and conquer your body and your mental health and stuff like that. So it would be a disservice if I never mentioned meditation to him or never mentioned how it can really, how it really calms me down and really puts me to think about things, right? Like if you're talking to a successful multi-million like millionaire entrepreneur and even multi-billionaire, they reach that level mm -hmm. because of their vision. So if you can be able to provide them something that they can add to their life that can help them clarify that vision and clear out all of those different foggy things that come up in your daily life, that person might be able to be 10 times more successful that year and then next year coming up. And imagine the amount of people that he can be, him, like, him or her can be able to help on the planet because now they're much more conscious about the things that they're doing, right? But now I'm moving on to the person that is very spiritual, but not business-wise, right? If you want to be that person, you, like, you're doing them a service by not teaching them business and real estate because they're going to be very woke very like they're going to be awakened they're going to be meditating naked on the beach every very day broke. right they're gonna <laughs> but they're gonna be broke and but the thing is like a lot of people are perfectly fine with that and be yeah. perfectly fine with like just living like that but there's a, a there's a vast majority of people that although they want to be free they need a small sense of security where they can be able to have money to be able to travel the world because not every you know like it's cool to be on one beach meditating naked but like you know, you can, if you could be able to go and become very spiritual and connected to your soul all around the planet, where there's different temples and all these pyramids and all these different sacred land, like that's the highest form of spirituality. If you can really take yourself to those places to meditate and be connected to all those different things. So it's almost a disservice if you don't want to teach them about how to be able to connect with that side, the financials. So for me, it's really being able to understand who you are and, and you personally, like you are both. And so you should live as both. Like you should, you should identify yourself as like, yeah, you, you're a businesswoman, but like you're also very spiritual. And this is the reason why it leads you to the places that you're leading yourself to, because that's the most yeah, authentic yeah. thing you could be. You could, and and for the people that are listening, like be your yourself. You know, if you if you're spiritual and you're and you're into business and all these different things, don't hide it. Wear it on your sleeve. Let everybody know exactly who you are, because people are gonna vibe to your vibration and people that are not naturally get out of it. 
and you don't have to worry about them. And biggest piece of advice is read the alchemist, you know, read the alchemist in three days. Top so you three can books understand. for sure. Yeah. Like, awesome. so you can really be able to understand how to follow your omens, how to really be able to follow your signs that are continuing to be put in front of us, but we choose not to our brains, right? We choose to think that we know what the hell we're talking about when the universe has already laid out a plan for us, but we stop looking at it because we're so distracted. So that's oh, what my drop. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's definitely what I suggest <laughs> for sure. All right. This conversation is so amazing. Uh, I do have a couple of final questions. I don't want to keep you waiting too long, but this conversation is really awesome and I want to keep the things going. All right. So what is one big truth? We've talked about a lot of them today, but what is one big truth that you wish people would understand that you feel would essentially help them and just help society become better and more awakened and more elevated? one truth this is a very big question so one truth that i it want is. everybody to yeah that i want everybody to understand um is that god is within you mm, i think that, that that's the the biggest element you know you know there's like a yeah. one of my favorite quotes is that like man worships an invisible god while slaughtering a visible nature not understanding that the visible nature they slaughter is the invisible God they worship. Oof, oof, there it is, man. That's rewind powerful. That. That's, That's powerful. When people are watching that, rewind that quote so you can listen to that again, because that that's the reality of it, you know, where yeah. we, we're like believing in a lot of esoteric, very outside of us experiences instead of really being able to understand what the truth is, you know? Like before I worship anything, any religion or anything, I, I worship the sun. I wake up every single morning. I'm grateful for the sun because it gives me life. It gives me the ability to have food because my food grows from the sun. It gives me ability to have warmth for my planet to be able to grow trees to give me oxygen. You know, like, but the biggest thing is really being able to connect to your soul and connect to that God within you, you know, to really understand that like your, your potential is infinite. And, and really infinite, you know, and, and people should stop attaching their beliefs and attaching their, their goals and manifestations to something that's outside of you, as opposed to really being able to connect to your soul, sit down and meditate, become one with your soul and yourself so that you can be able to manifest things that you want. God really resides right here. And the more that you look into it, the more that you look into all these ancient religions, the more you look into like Mesopotamia, Egypt, all of these really, really old civilizations, they all really understood that one factor, that if we can tap into this right now and really realize what's inside here, you can be able to bring anything that you want into this reality, so. Mm, great answer. So final question, but before I draw this final question, I just wanna acknowledge you for the amazing leader that I think that you are. I believe that you being brave and you taking the steps to heal your own inner wounds and to awaken to your own truth has helped countless lives and has made a ripple effect in the, the lives of the people that surround you. And I know that even from the moment that I met you, I was like, I was very inspired by you and still am to this day, this conversation, like every little, every, like every time we have a conversation, I'm like, that was an awesome conversation. And so, yeah, no, for real, you, you have this ability to really help people expand their horizons into a, a broader way of thinking, right? Seeing the world from a new lens. And you're also an excellent communicator. And it shows not only when you speak and in business events, but also your, your music, dude, like your music is off the charts. So I want to acknowledge you for everything that you're doing, because I hope that the people that listen to this podcast are inspired by this conversation to take aligned action in their own lives and be able to find that truth within them, whatever that may be. So thank that you for being good. on this podcast, no, man, because you. I really thank appreciate you. you. And this combo has like been awesome. No, hundred percent. Thank you for being able to create this platform for so many people, you know, because at the end of the day, like these are the things that really lead for a lot of people to start making a lot of positive change in their lives and you're going to start seeing a lot of positive change yeah. in your life because karma is beautiful you know it comes <laughs> right back to you if you're serving people people serve you that's how it is 
Ah, that's, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm really, I'm honestly really excited to see, um, you know, people's, to hear people's feedback and to really see like the impact that this makes in other people's lives, because that's really the intention that, that I decided to create this with. I was fucking scared to make this podcast, to be honest. I've been putting this off for a really, really long time. I've been doing online coaching and live videos for like years now. And I've been putting this off just because I was not ready. A, not ready, and B, just not um, in a space where I felt comfortable opening up about these types of subjects so that everybody could know. And mm -hmm. when I stopped thinking about the self, which comes back to the ego that we were talking about, and I really look at the broader perspective, I'm like, I am doing a disservice to humanity and to the people around me, even the people that criticize me and judge me, because like you said, those people that sometimes are against it are the same people that are eventually going to be inspired by some of the conversations that you have, whether it's something that I say or something that one of my guests says. So thank you for acknowledging that because um, it took me a while to get here. <laughs> yeah, now you're here though. Now it's game time. <laughs> We're here. It's game time, baby. You All right. So the, yeah. So the final question, what does it mean to unleash and awaken your inner power? What does it mean to unleash and awaken your inner power? Yes. It's really becoming conscious of who you are and, and, your, and your true ability of who you can become. You know, like a lot of us are stuck in a lot of the traumas and a lot of things that have happened in our childhood, or we're stuck in these different prisms that society continues to put us in, you know, that prohibit us from starting a business that we wanted to start or prohibiting us to continue to play the sport or do the thing that we fell in love with when we were young. And... I, I think that when, when we become very conscious of those things that are trapping us, you know, and really, I always say the story, like when I became vegan, like one of the biggest reasons that I became vegan and stayed vegan was because I realized I got played. Like I looked at it and I go, wow, my whole life I've seen got milk posters in schools and all this stuff. And I'm like, they really programmed me to think that this is the diet that I'm supposed to follow. And like, when you really become conscious and, and really unleashing that power and awakening for real, you start to see the world in those lenses and you go, wow, like I've been programmed this whole time to be living this way, as opposed to actually having choice and having the ability to choose a different lifestyle that's more connected to my soul. So that's what I think it looks like. But the next step is what's the most important, you know, being able, because remember, I said it is a very powerful thing when you awaken. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I've personally known people that have gone crazy like gone off the deep end hospitalized because a lot of the stuff that you learn and you know about and eventually you connect dots and it's like it's overwhelming but the point is not to let it overwhelm you is to be able to utilize and know that information to continue to propel and grow so when you're in that stage right this is what i prescribe other people is to be able to wake up real early right first thing that you do is that you want to be able to meditate you want to meditate for at least 15 minutes in the morning. Then you want to journal. When you journal, you start to clear your mind and start to be able to remember what your dream was, all these different things. Start to create a foundation for your day. And then you get into a workout. Get into your workout to really be able to get your mind expanded, everything like that, your body active, and then possibly read The Alchemist or some type of book that's going to be able to help you change your foundation and your mentality for the day. And in that small little, that, that whole process probably takes around two hours. You do that for a duration of time, for around three weeks, right? You're gonna to start to see a very big change in your life where you are now awakening your mind, body, and your soul all together within these different practices that is gonna be able to help you propel to the levels where you can really take action to help you grow at a different degree. Deeper meditations and deeper things that really deal with trauma, but you have to create that foundation. You know, you have to create a foundation within you to be able to let that true awakening occur and that real enlightenment occur so you can unleash the true power you have inside of you. Ah, oh, awesome answer. Awesome answer and awesome conclusion to this phenomenal conversation. Thank you once again for being here. So Elohio, where can we get connected with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, what a good choice. Um, but also on YouTube, I'm going to start putting up a lot of my music videos and stuff like that. But right yes. now, primarily, it's Instagram. And I actually just got on some, it's an app called Display, where people can be able to get on and 
if they like the content and stuff like that, they can be able to donate to all the content that we're producing and stuff like that. So another way to support all the beautiful things that we're doing in this world. So you can yes. find me there too. It's Awaken Tribe on display on an Instagram is what a good choice. That's beautiful. Spotify and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and also uh, your TV show. So you can, you can also check out his TV show. It's called Disruptor Network. And that's actually the username on Instagram as well. They have a YouTube yeah. channel. You can find them on Amazon Prime, Roku, like all the goods that we mentioned at the beginning of this, um, this episode. So Ilohio, any last words that you want to leave us with before we close up today? I would say, go find your soul. Be conscious mm. of it and be and, and accept yourself. Find your soul and accept yourself. Nothing else in this world matters but that. Accept yourself and go to grow and be able to reach the heights that you want to reach because this life is unlimited and we can do whatever we want and anything we please. So like I say, every time I end my meditation, Rastafari Ilii, blessings hey. to the most high. Thank you to another <laughs> sunset and another sunrise. Hey, love that. <laughs> Bueno, bueno, muchas gracias, muchas gracias nuevamente. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. And I really hope that everybody that listened to this episode really does take initiative and gets connected with you because we're about to see a lot more coming from your end, you know, when it comes to production, when it comes to artistry, when it comes to community. So I'm really excited to see how everything unfolds within the next couple of months and the next couple of years for you. So thank you once yes. again. Thank you so much. I really All appreciate right. you. And I, I appreciate this, but I appreciate you so much for continuing to do these things and always continuing to stay in my life. You're such an amazing and phenomenal woman. And I know you're just uh, going to continue to help so many more and more people in this life. So thank you so much for being you. Ah, gracias. Gracias, gracias. And thank you everybody for listening. We will see you guys back in the next one. Bye. See you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Inner Power Podcast. The show's over, but the growth continues. Visit coachbyandy.com slash gift for free tools and resources that will help you win in business and in life. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave us a five-star review and get connected on Instagram at Miss Andy Rivera. We'll see you back here in the next episode.